Okay. So, I normally don't do these kinds of things, especially because there's going to be another episode of a show coming out later today. But last night was absolutely horrifying and disgusting, and frankly, I just want to talk and give like a quick thing of my thoughts on what happened. Because last night, what we saw with Tua Tagovailoa and how everything went and the discussion around it, have we done anything with head injuries and trauma? Did we forget where we were? Did we forget what everything is? How was he allowed to play? How was a guy who showed some of the most clear signs of a concussion allowed to play four days after he had shown clear signs of a concussion? How were the Dolphins allowed to call that a back injury when the thing that caused the injury had no impact on his back? When Tua went down against the Bills, he grabbed his head. He didn't grab his back. He grabbed his head, which, as we all know, is not your back. He grabbed his head when he came up. He shook off the cobwebs when he came up. That means he had vision troubles. Those are caused by a concussion. He took steps back, and then he tumbled forward. He didn't have balance. These are all clear signs that when Tua got hit against the Buffalo Bills, he developed a concussion. He was allowed to remain in the game um, and play the rest of it. And then he was allowed to play on short rest. And then he got another concussion. And all of this was considered to be an okay thing. The NFLPA said they were going to launch an investigation into how they handled Tua's thing after Sunday's game. He was still allowed to play on Thursday, despite the fact that the NFL Players Association was opening an investigation into how they handled his concussion symptoms. How was he allowed to play? This should never have been allowed. There are so many issues here, but I think it all stems to the same thing. We don't... There's still an issue with taking concussions as a serious injury. There is still a massive problem in the NFL and in football of recognizing that head injuries are important. And it's mind-boggling when you think about it on its most fundamental level. You are not talking about the injury of a hand, the injury of a leg, the injury of a foot, the injury of a nose. It is a brain. You only have one of them as a human. You have one brain, and it allows you to live, and it controls everything you do. It controls your vision your balance, your processing ability. It controls everything. It is the thing that allows you to live 
and if it gets injured, it makes living harder, if not impossible. Ask people who were misdiagnosed with concussion symptoms and who eventually had to retire from sports how they've managed since. Their brains were injured and they were damaged permanently. They have headaches all the time. They have wooziness. They have trouble remembering things. Their short-term memory is damaged. Things that you and I sometimes take for granted, they cannot because they do not have them anymore because they have their brains injured. For reasons that do not make any logical sense, these are not considered to be massive. When the Dolphins were speaking about this injury later, they said it was nothing more serious than a concussion. That is to imply that a concussion is not that serious to begin with, despite the fact that a concussion is literally when your brain bleeds. If a lung, if your lungs began to bleed, you would be very, very worried. If any internal bleeding happened with you, you would be extremely concerned the second it becomes the brain, the most important organ we have. It becomes something that's just a concussion. How in any world is that logical? Is that reasonable? And is that acceptable? How can anyone accept that? Ten years ago, we found out that the NFL had been burying the science on concussions for years. And it caused a humongous backlash. And now, we're at the point where we kind of have accepted the fact that Football can kill you. That concussions are serious. We just have accepted that without recognizing or making that feel real. We just have normalized it. You watch the halftime report, and the only person on there who actually looked like that was resonating with them was Ryan Fitzpatrick who just so happened to be Tua's teammate for one year. And for him, it was impacting him on a very, very emotional level. When they came back after talking about it, it looked like he had kind of put it past him, but it might be just because, you know, he knew how to put it away, or he's a consummate professional, but he took that as seriously as it deserved to be and talked about it like it was a serious injury and like it was something that was very difficult. Tony Gonzalez began by saying that this is a part of the game. Tony Gonzalez is saying something that is untrue because what's not part of the game is allowing a player who has a serious injury to their brain to play again and putting them at risk of death because there's a thing called second impact syndrome that everybody learned last night. I didn't even know about it. Where if you get two concussions in a very short time frame, you can die because your brain can swell. 
We're not talking about a small injury. We're talking about life and death. And the medical staff of the Miami Dolphins did not care about life and death. And the Miami Dolphins knew that Tua was at an increased risk of injury because they activated their third-string quarterback, Skylar Thompson. Most teams do not activate a third-string quarterback unless they are well aware that their starting quarterback is at a highly increased risk of injury. And even then, some teams don't. They knew he was at a very high chance of getting injured and being out, and they let him play. And when he went down into a fencing position, like, it was horrifying, but it was especially horrifying because we've seen this before. Last year, in a Chargers, I think it was Chargers Raiders, it was on Thursday Night Football, I don't remember who it was, but they went down into a fencing position. It was handled poorly on the broadcast, where Joe Buck implied that it could be because it was cold outside. No. No, it's not. That's a neurological response. And that's the one thing I will give the broadcast credit for, is that they actually you they said that they had a medical expert who said, hey, this is... Um, it's called a fencing position. It's a neurological response to basically being unconscious. And to like... Yeah, they basically explained it, which... Congratulations. The That's not even the bare minimum. But at least you did that. Why you kept replaying it before you explained it, I don't know. During the explanation, yes. I actually can give you... I will say, you should replay it when you're explaining, hey... This thing, yeah, it's horrifying. We need to show you what is happening so that you understand what this is, so you can understand that this is serious. But again, the issue with the NFL is that they do not, and I repeat, do not even come close to making sure that the seriousness of head injuries is what it is. Like, these are extreme injuries. These are life-threatening injuries. These are injuries that are debilitating. These are injuries that can cause someone to have a completely different life after football. Where they cannot do basic tasks. Because their brain is injured. I keep putting this out there because again, their brain is injured. He... Like, the Dolphins medical staff said, okay, well, he could move in his upper body. His brain is injured. I think what's more important is if he's fine in the head, which he may not be for the rest of his life. And you knew this. You knew the risks. You, as a team, as a team medical staff, knew what the risks were. The data's been out there for over a decade unsuppressed. Possibly. We don't know what is being suppressed. And you let him play on short rest, despite him having an obvious sign of a concussion. And the NFL is to blame, too. The NFL has an independent evaluator with every single team. 
that is supposed to be independent of the team's medical staff, that is supposed to diagnose concussions and concussion signs, and has the ability, as I recall, to um, override any team staff and take a player out of the game. You know who else has this option? The referees. The referees can pull a player from a game if they look concussed. Maybe that's a college thing, but I I think it's an NFL thing. I know referees can do it. He should never have been playing against the Bills, not after his concussion, when there were obvious signs of it. That fans have come to learn are signs of a concussion, a severe concussion too. It's not like the NFL hasn't done this in the past. It's a similar thing, as someone pointed out, to when Patrick Mahomes got injured against the Browns in the playoffs. And they tried to call that a back injury. Despite the fact that he was clearly woozy. It was a brain injury. Tua shouldn't play the rest of the year. Tua should be out the rest of the year with a concussion. I'm not, I'm not screwing around. I wouldn't risk it. If I'm the Dolphins medical staff, one, I wouldn't have let him play. But two, he shouldn't play the rest of the year. If I'm any coach, I don't let him play. If I'm anybody who cares about him, I don't let him play. And if I'm Tua, I question if I want to play for the Dolphins anymore because they might have killed him. They could have killed him with the things that they did. And by the way, him flying back was not necessarily the greatest sign because there, and I wasn't even aware of this, by the way, I'm learning about this. Like, there was a guy who, it was with the Chargers, who had a concussion, went to the hospital, got discharged, flew back, and had a seizure on the plane. Because again, and we're going to, and I'm going to continue to say this, his brain was injured. He had nervous system problems. The fencing position happens because the nervous system is not functioning as intended. We are calling this just a concussion or just nervous system problems. There are people who continue to push that. There are people in the media who cover the NFL who continue to push a narrative that this is something that you can tough out despite the fact that it will kill you, that it will send you on a path where your life is not going to be normal or close to normal. We know the risks. We know the dangers. We know the outcomes. We are continuing to let this happen. The NFL is continuing to let this happen and play out on national stages and is trying to make this look like it's okay. It has been a while since the NFL has seen something this bad. And frankly, the NFL should be sued, but I don't think anything happens because of it. Tua deserves better. His coaching staff should be held accountable for letting him play against the Bills and in this game. The medical staff should be held accountable for letting him play against the Bills and against the um, Bengals. 
the NFL should be held accountable for having a lackluster um, concussion protocol, even though it was supposed to have been fixed, even though there were obvious signs that should have had him pulled from the Bills game and had him ineligible for this game, we're still failing people. We're still letting people go out there and do things they shouldn't. And I want to just get on this mindset of toughness because there are a bunch of idiots out here who say, oh no, he should have kept playing. He could have died. There's a limit for toughness. Death, I think is a reasonable limit. Severe injury, disability. You can't tough things out at a certain point. And at a certain point, toughness isn't a virtue, it's stupidity. You're only hurting yourself. You're not helping your team by toughing out a brain injury. You're making your team worse because you're making worse decisions. Just, I keep rambling and rambling and rambling, but what is it going to take? When are we going to actually have a serious discussion about this? How is it that we've gotten to this point somehow where, you know what? I know how. Because this isn't new. History is a freaking... It doesn't always repeat itself, but it rhymes. This is an example of this. Football used to be the most violent sport in the entire world. In 1904, like a hundred people died playing football. And it caused a humongous panic. And for obvious reason. A hundred people dying playing a game. The President of the United States had to get involved. In 1904, 1905, that was around this time. Teddy Roosevelt's nephew got severely injured playing football. And Roosevelt was a massive fan of the game. But he was also, you know, an uncle. And he cared. And he was so very, very, very concerned about the men that kept dying, the young men. And he went to the leaders, the major leaders, at Yale, at Princeton, at Harvard, at Columbia. I think that was the fourth one. And he told them, I don't want to ban the sport. I love it. But I will if people keep dying. There were pushes to ban the sport across the country to find new ways around it. They managed to figure this out in the West Coast. And by the way, uh, fun thing, I'm actually going to be doing a project on this, on uh, how on the West Coast they didn't really do more football. They actually switched to rugby because they thought it was safer, because it kind of was. Um, and uh, how that kind of sort of rose and then fell. It's really interesting, and I'll probably share it with y'all, because it might be a little bit of a podcast project. We'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah. On the East Coast, everywhere else, they spread the game out. They introduced the forward pass. They removed the flying wedge. They banned that. They changed the game of football for the better. Because it was too dangerous. Football's always been dangerous. It is a violent sport. And we understand that. But there's a point at which it becomes stupid that you would continue to do things that are this dangerous. 
and it becomes stupid that you would just let this keep happening. And it becomes reckless. So to end this thing off, I'm furious that the Dolphins let this happen, that this is continuing to happen, but I'm not that shocked. Because we still have not internalized the notion that a brain injury is the... A brain injury and a nervous system injury is absolutely horrible. And is something that you can't just tough out and that's something that isn't small or just a brain injury. There's no such thing as just a concussion. There's no such thing as a minor brain injury. There's no such thing as a little bit of nervous system damage. Those things are potentially debilitating. Those are things that we must be concerned with. Those are things we cannot accept. Because if football is to survive, it needs its players to survive beyond their 30s. And it needs them to thrive. It needs them to be able to walk and to be able to think and to be able to not have headaches all the time. It needs to be better. And this is one place where it needs to get better. Where this needs to be a huge moment for it. But I've got no faith in it. Because football's had its many times where it should have changed for the better. And it just flat out didn't. It only made cosmetic changes. Not structural changes. Tua deserves better. The Dolphins are a terrible organization. It turns out Brian Flores, oh boy, he was right, and he was right for so many more reasons than he could even know. So yeah, that's all I'm going to say for that. Um, I know this was a bit of a ramble. I know it was a bit weird, maybe, but I just wanted to get it all out. So I hope you enjoyed this. There's going to be an episode of the two-point convert, not the two-point conversion, goal-to-go kickoff show coming out later today. So until that time, I've been Ben Schluter. This has been a goal-to-go special. Uh, yeah. Bye-bye.